We're going to be looking at Jeremiah, the 17th chapter. And we're going to be reading from verse 7 to verse 10. Again, Jeremiah chapter 17, verse 7 through 10. And let's ask the Lord grace before we read the text. Our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, uh, Lord, we thank you, Lord, for this time. Thank you for this opportunity, Lord, to to be able to preach your word, Lord. But Lord, there's no preaching without the Spirit. So we ask your Spirit right now to rest right now in here and your servant. Allow your word, Lord, to go forth. Allow the darkness, Lord, of the hearts of man come to the marvelous light. Lord, we pray that, Lord, that, that you work in the midst at this time, Lord. Put your servant, Lord, um, behind the cross and let the Christ that died on the cross be exalted at this time. Lord Jesus, we thank you. Amen. Amen. Jeremiah chapter 17, verse 7 through 10 again. The word of the Lord says, Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, and whose hope is the Lord. For he shall be like a tree planted by the waters, which spreads out its roots by the river, and will not fear when heat comes. But his leaf will be green, and will not be anxious in the year of drought, nor will it cease from yielding fruit. The heart is deceitful above all things. Again, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? I, the Lord, search the heart. I test the mind even to give every man according to his ways, according to the fruit of his doings. As we walk through this test this evening, uh, we're going to focus on verse 9. But before we get into verse 9, I would like to give you guys some context of what's taking place in Jeremiah right now. And what's going on in Jeremiah is that Jeremiah is a prophet. And so how many books of the Bible do we have? 66 books of the Bible. Jeremiah is in the what? Old Testament. And Jeremiah is a prophet. And a prophet is what? They foretell the things to to come. And so with Jeremiah... um, have seen the wickedness of Israel. And Israel is supposed to be a people that obey the commandments of God. But we look throughout the Old Testament, did they obey the commandments of the Lord? No. We see over and over Israel were hostile towards the things of God. But guess what? If they did the right things in the Old Covenant, God would have blessed them with the land. He would bless them with were fruitful. The people would have been fruitful, been multiplying. All these blessings would have came if they obeyed the Lord. But guess what? Them and their, and, and their wickedness, they chose not to seek the Lord. I remember when I was, um, I moved here in Louisville about three years ago. And my wife and I, we have a, I have a cousin. And my cousin was uh, in and out of juvenile uh, care and he had some issues growing up. And uh, at this point in time that my cousin was going to get out of juvenile. It was his fresh start to start things over in his, in his life. So me and my wife, we prayed about it. We said, hey, uh, how about we invite Brandon to live with us and give him a, give him a, a better atmosphere, a better environment.
take him through the Bible, and um, he loves sports. He loves basketball. We're going to put him in some AAU basketball. We're going to put him in some best. Um, they have this uh, engineering program. We was going to pretty much try to, try to help him the best way we can. And so Brandon got out of this uh, juvenile program, um, and when he got out, uh, we talked to his mom, and, his, and we talked to him, and um, his mom said, hey, yes, we would love for him to go up there with you and your wife. And so we brought him up with us to Texas, and when we got to Texas, um, I called a basketball coach for him. I got him hooked up with a lot of good programs, and everything was going right. Then all of a sudden, um, he got us in trouble. And I tried to help him through those things. And so I tried to let him know that, hey, you have all these things before you. Why are you choosing to get back into trouble? And so for me, I tried to offer more better things for him, and he kept getting in trouble. And the reason why I bring this story up is that Israel is given God's mercy and blessings over and over throughout the Old Testament. God has given, him, given them his grace all throughout the Old Testament. But guess what? They kept choosing what? The bad things. And that's what brings us to our text in verse 9. It said that Israel, you get all these blessings. Why do you keep choosing these bad things? And verse 9 gives us the answer. Not just for my cousin Brandon, not for Israel, but for all of mankind. Why does mankind keep making bad choices? So right here in verse 9, it starts out with the word heart. So when we say the word heart, what does this mean, the word heart? And before I tell you what it means, let me tell you what it doesn't mean at first. It does not mean. It does not mean the cardiovascular system, your heart, your muscle, and your body. Um, I got a chance to do work with the artillery, arterial network and um, the, the, to see why hypertension is, 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 is very um, up in our society. So I got a chance to see, do work on the heart and see heart, the, how the heart works. And so the Bible talks a lot about the muscle and the hearts and things of that nature. But right now, when it says right here in verse 9, the heart, it's not talking about a muscle. So some of you guys might say, well, I know that. It's not talking about a muscle. And also, we have February, Valentine's Day. You know, you got the Cupid. It's talking about the heart. You got the arrow goes through the heart. Um, is it talking about that? No, it's not talking about Cupid. But, uh, but what it's saying about the heart here is that um, it's saying, um, uh, well, before I answer it again, Jesus said in Matthew twenty-two thirty-seven, 37, it said, you shall love your Lord, your God, with all your heart, mind, and soul. So some people might say, well, the heart deals with the brain of a person, and the, the, the soul deals with the inner being of a person, and the mind deals with the conscience of a person. So they have all these distinctive categories here. And so this test right here just says heart. And so this test right here is not separating all these things, but this heart is referring to, it's referring to the totality of the inner man. It's talking about everything that is in man, the way we think, the way we are, uh, how we, our conscience is moved, moves us left and right. We know when we watch basketball games, you see somebody score a touchdown, your emotion grows up, your emotion goes down when you see your team is losing. What happened though is that the heart is referring to here, it's talking about everything within man. And so we see that the heart refers to everything in man. So what is about this heart? It's saying in Jeremiah. Let's keep going in the text in verse 9. What does it say about this heart? 
It said the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. So there's all this inner man right here is saying it's deceitful and it's desperately wicked. So what does that mean? I got a coworker at work and we was talking about um, mankind and everything. And what he was saying, though, is that mankind is not that bad. That mankind is not desperately wicked. Mankind is not that bad. What does that mean? What does that mean? It means that, that mankind is that when Adam and Eve disobeyed God in the garden, that when they failed into the garden, that, that even though they were hostile and rebelled against God, guess what? Some say what? They wasn't really that bad. They barely failed. So they failed with some good left in them. That was something people would say. But what we see here, though, is that it said the heart is desperately wicked. It's not halfway wicked. It's desperately wicked. It's completely wicked. And so some of you guys, my ass is just saying that, so it's no good thing. I have seen people in our community that serve the poor. They serve people at the grocery store. They do these certain things. Isn't that kind of good for people to do that that's not believers? What the text here says is that if the heart is desperately wicked, regardless of the external acts, the heart is still wicked. And so what God is that, God is a holy and just God. God judges rightly and justly. He judges the heart of man. Regardless of what it looks on the outside, if it's on the inside, it's corrupt. Guess what? It's still bad. So this desperately wicked heart, right here, is referring to, uh, is referring to a totally corrupt heart. We see a lot of this in Ephesians 2, 1 through 5. It talks about how man is dead in trespasses. And I have been to a many of funerals um, with cousins and relatives, this and that. I've never seen a dead person get out of a casket. I've never seen a dead person get out of a casket. And so Paul tells us that a person that's desperately wicked is a person that's dead in trespasses. And so if a person that's dead in trespasses, how can they seek a holy God? So if you're dead in trespass, that means, guess what? We are guilty. Not just we are guilty, it's all of mankind. Romans 3.10, and say what? No, not one. No, not one. Say, everybody is guilty upon the holy God. Because we have sinned against God. I remember when I was uh, in the ninth grade and um, I got in trouble. I was acting up in class and um, I got an F on my progress report. And I'm from Arkansas. And I got some country parents. They go out in the back side and cut a switch off the tree. Y'all don't know nothing about that. They cut a, a switch off and, um, and I get in trouble. And so I didn't want to get in trouble when I got home. So what I want to do is that I want to do something so I won't get caught. So what I did was I got a young lady that was in my class. She had pretty good handwriting. And so when you have a progress report, you have to take it home and get it signed. So for me, I was already smart. I mean, I had everything figured out. I'm not going to get caught. And so what I did was I asked this girl, and I think I might have given her a bag of chips or something for doing it for me. And she wrote my mom's name down on the progress report, and I went to the teacher, and I had my head down, and I turned the progress report in, and she took the progress report, I said, everything is okay. And so later on that evening when I got home, my mom got a phone call from the teacher, and the teacher was just checking with her and letting her know about the progress report, and my mom said she didn't know anything about it. And so what happened at that point, I have to tell you guys later <laughs> what happened. 
But for me and my heart at that time, though, is that my heart thought I could get away with that. I thought I could do it without getting caught. And guess what? I got caught. But guess what? It's been other occasions in my life that I did get caught. And I thought that I was the only one to know. But later on in the text, we're going to figure out that I was not the only one. Somebody else knew what I was doing in the dark. So we see the heart is completely wicked. The heart is pretty desperately wicked. Uh, we see that, that now that what is it, what kind of hope do we have for man? Who can understand right here in the text? It says, it says who can understand it or who knows it right here? So does man know the deafness of the heart of man? Does man really know the deafness of his own heart? First of all, man does not know his sin. Man enjoys sin apart from God. That's why you see that you don't have to teach a person to steal. You don't have to teach a person to do bad things or sinful things. Man is in DNA of man. Man is sinful since the garden. So if man is sinful and man is hostile towards God, what hope do we have? How can God, if God is holy and God is just, he created us in his image, but how can we be created in, how can we be so hostile towards God if God made us in the way of his image? The thing about it though is that when God made us in his image, man chose to sin against God. It was no imperfection with God. God is perfect. God made us and designed us uh, in the way that he wanted, but man chose to sin. By man sinning, that's what brought all this in the world. So I know some of you guys might be asking right now, what hope do we have then? If we are totally wicked, we are dead in sin, we are enslaved to things of this world, if it's pornography, if it's drugs, if it's any other thing that's in this world, we're enslaved to it, what hope do we have if we are standing in a sinful a statement from a holy God. I'm glad you asked that question. That man doesn't understand the heart of, of uh, heart, the wickedness of man. But guess who does? God does. And God, through His Son, Christ Jesus, God loved us, and God has called some before the foundation of the world to partake in the glorious picture of being in salvation with a holy God. And so, God, in His goodness and His mercy. That, that for those that have broken the law of God, myself included, and all mankind that have fell short of the glory of God, we all are guilty. There's no other hope for us but God in his goodness and his mercy before the foundation of the world. God said, since they sinned against me, they already sinned against me. Guess what? I love them so much. Guess what? I'm going to send my son for them. They don't deserve my son, but I'm going to send my son for them. And that's where the grace come in. We say amazing grace. We see Ephesians 2, 8 through 9, it say what? For by grace you have been saved through faith. Guess what? Your faith doesn't come. Your salvation doesn't come. Only by grace. God gets his grace. That's when you have your salvation. And that's when you can believe in God. And so what it comes down to is called monogism in the way of God doing. God does a total work in you. So by God doing a total work, who gets the credit? God does. Because mankind, guess what? We want to say that we're not that bad. Guess what? God, you do your part. Guess what? I'm going to do my part. So you might have heard somebody say, hey, 
take a step forward and God is going to do the rest. How can a dead man take a step forward? How can a dead man get out of casket and walk? But the goodness of God, and that's why he deserves all the honor and glory. The goodness of God, guess what he does? God does a work by his grace. He brings a dead person to life. And then a dead person, guess what? They can repent of their sin. They can believe in the resurrected Christ. And they can live a life of faith. There's no no way a dead person can understand and repent from their sins. Because guess what? They love their sins. But God in his grace and his mercy, we see right here, Jeremiah is getting that. Jeremiah said, man's heart is so wicked that man is desperately wicked that man cannot fix this on his own. Man needs a solution. And we see that the solution is God. And God has saved man from their sin for those that believe in him. I know some of you guys might have said, well, I do believe in God. I believed in him when I was young. We see in 2 Thessalonians 2, it talks about God is going to judge those that, not only the ones that don't know God, but the ones that disobey God. So many of us in this room, and I, and I am guilty of this, when I was in college and everything, I struggled in some areas, but God, his grace and his mercy, God, guess what, he restored me and brought me, uh, brought me up through those struggles, and I was able to then at that point and everything to live a life of, of faith. But I'm going to say this real quick, though, is that for those that, 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 that not only that don't know God, for those that profess God, guess what? If you're not living a life of obedience of God, you are still guilty. So it's not a salvation where I believe in Jesus when I was younger in life, so everything should be fine, I can live like I want. If you truly believe in Jesus Christ, if you truly believe, guess what? You're going to want to do the things of Christ. You're going to want to love your neighbor, and you want to love God. And ask yourself, have you loved God? Have you loved God? Have you loved your neighbor? If you haven't, and you're professing a believer, I ask you to seek the Lord for repentance. Seek the Lord for repentance. And those are here that are hostile and never trusted God and, and just don't understand a lot of this, that's why we need the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God can bring you to life. The Spirit of God, it can, it can be the one, it can, it's the only way of salvation. The Spirit of God is the one that, that we all are depending on for salvation. And that's why we see in John 3, 16, it says, so whosoever believes. And the ones that believe are the same one that God has called from the foundation of the world. So salvation comes only from the Lord. So as I end right here with this Jeremiah test today, I end here with saying that not only in this test right here in Jeremiah, we can see the same picture all throughout the Old Testament, how Old Testament Israel disobeyed the laws of God over and over, over and over. Then we get into the New Testament. You hear some that disobey the things of God over and over, over and over. Now we get in our day. We see a society, we see a generation that's still hostile towards God. This is continuation. And the reason for that, because man has sinned against God in the garden, and the whole world is what? In the poverty state. Only way man can come into the righteousness of God is through his son, Christ Jesus. If you guys can hold on to that and trust that and believe that going forward and everything, that's the way of salvation in, 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 in Christ Jesus our Lord. Let's ask the Lord for help and ask the Lord that these truths can be placed on our hearts. 
Our Father God in heaven, Lord, we thank you, Lord, for this opportunity, Lord, to, to go through your text. Lord, these things, Lord, that we went through at this time are heavy things. They are heavy things, Lord, but they are amazing things to be able to see the grace of our Lord, that Lord that has seen all of us in here at a have sinned and hostile towards God, but God in his goodness have, goodness have brought some to life through the uh, burial and resurrection of Christ. Lord, we ask you to bless these men here. We ask you, Lord, to do a work in their hearts. We ask you the spirit of God, Lord, to, to work in their hearts, Lord, so they can see the beautiful cross. Lord, we ask you to bless this time. Also, Lord, we ask you to bless this food. Let it be a nurse in our body. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen.